way when we lie down and when and we sit in our house, Lord, our, our praise and honor is going to you. Because we were lost and you found us. We were dead and you set us free. Lord, our sins were as red as scarlet and now they're white as snow. All because of you, Lord Jesus. That's why we're here every Sunday, Lord, to honor and praise you for sending your son Jesus and giving him the honor and the glory that's due his name with the Holy Spirit's presence in our life. So, Lord, we just thank you for this time together. Bless it and anoint it for your glory. May Little Freedom Church bring great praises of honor before your holy throne this morning. As we sing to you, as we praise you, as we honor you, as we study your word together, and as we open our mouths, may it just be full of your praise and your honor and your great love for us. That while we were still sinners and we were enemies against you, you demonstrated your love towards us. And even while we were yet sinners, you forgave us and, we, and you loved us and we thank you. Lord, be honored in this service today. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen and amen. You may be seated, church. We're going to take communion. For those of you online, whether you just tuned in or you've been there, you know, go get yourself a piece of bread or a cracker and some juice and take communion with us. And I'm going to give a little teaching about it real quick as we do every, every Sunday. We do communion every Sunday at... at um, the first Sunday of the month, and today is the first Sunday of the month, July 2nd. So here we are. I just want to do a reading and and a little teaching, and I know you, you get a little teaching every time we, we do communion, but that's okay, because of communion is a very important part of the Christian's life, you know. I'm going to read... 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16 and 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16 and 17. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we... Though many are one bread and one body, for we all partake of the same one bread. Paul's talking about communion here. The communion we have with the Father. Listen, communion is remembrance of Jesus' last supper where he instituted the New Testament to, re, to fulfill the Old Testament. The Old Testament Passover meal was to commemorate the Jews' deliverance from Egypt and the slavery that they had in the land of Egypt. But it also, Jesus instituted it at the Passover dinner, it also had a New Testament deeper Spiritual application, which is the deliverance of sin. You have been delivered from sin, the slavery of sin. Just like the, the Jews were stuck in Egypt, they were, they were 
in slavery to Egypt. Now, we have been released by the newer and the deeper spiritual application, which is the deliverance from sin and the slavery we have to it. And you all know that. You struggle with it every day, as do I. The Jewish family had to slay a spotless lamb. Now we see in John chapter 1 and verse 29, Behold the Lamb of God, said John the Baptist, who takes away the sins of the world. Remember, that's an important verse. John 1, 29. Behold, he's pointing out Messiah, John the Baptist, pointing out Messiah. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. They were to slay a spotless lamb. They were to take its blood and apply it to the doorposts. You know, boom, boom, and to the lentil. And when you do that, do you realize you're making the sign of the cross? You are. You're making the sign of the cross. They were to apply the blood to the doorposts of their home. And they were to remain indoors under the covering of that blood. And the same thing with us today. We rest in the covering, of the, the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ. How beautiful is the Word of God if you sit down and study it. You just don't read by it real quickly. They were to remain indoors all night long under the covering of the blood until the morning. And when the Lord passed through, doesn't say an angel passed through, when the Lord passed through, the land at midnight to execute judgment, he would pass over the houses that had the blood. And the same thing with us today. If you partake of the blood of Christ, the Lord passes over you, and, and your sin is covered by the blood. That's why Isaiah said, Come, let us reason together, all you. Come and let us reason together. Though your sins be red as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That's why he said that. He was to pass through the land and execute judgment to the people who did not believe in the blood. The blood of the Passover lamb. And if you notice that, and I've said it many times when I've, I've talked about communion, at the Passover supper, we have Jesus, you know, with the bread and the wine, they had the herbs and everything, but the lamb was missing. But then the lamb of God was sitting in the chair right next to John. So there was a lamb there. Say, isn't that cool? Jesus is showing you he, he became the Passover lamb. And if they put their, their trust in him this night in Resurrection Sunday, their sins would be washed away. And on, on Sunday night, in the, in the room that the disciples were, Jesus blew on them, and their sins were forgiven. Jesus provides for us salvation and deliverance from sin by and through his blood. So Christ is our Passover lamb, sacrificed for us. And that's 1 Corinthians 5, 7. Christ has become our Passover lamb. We deserve judgment because the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We deserve judgment, but Jesus took our judgment. Remember I talked about John 12, uh, 31 and 32 last week. Now judgment 
has come upon the world, and the one who's in the world will be judged. And if I be lifted up, I will draw all judgment to myself. And I explained that. I don't have time to explain it again. He will draw all judgment. So all because you put your faith in him, and you're reminded of it when you take communion, you know, you put all your faith in him, then, then he becomes your Passover lamb, and, and the Lord's judgment will pass over you in the last days. And when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, his judgment will pass over because he judged his son for you and for your sin. And you realized who he was. So we deserve judgment from our sins, but when you confess Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you apply his blood to your heart. That's the doorpost. The entrance into a house is through the door, and the entrance into heaven's door is through the heart. We're told to guard our hearts, for it's the wellspring of life, and Proverbs tells us that. Now, you need not... And I need not be afraid of the judgment because our sins are forgiven and they're washed away. They're blotted out, says Colossians. They've been erased. Thank God. And as I always say, you know, one thing God chooses not to do, and that's to see your sin through the blood of his son Jesus. When he sees the blood on you, your sin is covered and it's washed away all because you took one simple step putting your trust in Jesus Christ and receiving him into your heart what's so hard about that world nothing you need not be afraid of the judgment because our sins have been forgiven and washed away we are no longer under judgment we are under grace and mercy and that is what Jesus is instituting here at the New Testament at the, at the communion table, at the Passover lamb. He's instituting the covenant of grace and mercy. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Listen, if I, I, I'm not a dancer, but my spirit's dancing right now. <laughs> Aren't you glad you placed your faith in Jesus? In his redemption plan? By applying the Lamb's blood, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world? How did all these, these prophecies line up like this except God put it all together? Judgment of God passes over your temple, this temple right here, your body, your person. And when you pass on from the physical life and you're transformed into your newer body, then, then uh, your temple is is saved. You are saved. So that's what we do at communion. And that's, you know, you could go into that. That's a whole, oh boy, I just spilled the blood. <laughs> so, you know what? Jesus spilled his blood for you. Want an application to that? It wasn't me, it was Jesus. So, anyway, we're told to do this in remembrance of Jesus. So do that, take your bread, and remember, his body was broken for you. That's spiritual and physical and emotional healing. Well, let's partake together. Thank you, sir.
And also that same night, Jesus took the cup and he offered it to his disciples. And they partook of the, of the, of the wine, or the grape juice, whatever they had, more likely true, truly wine. And they partook of it in remembrance of the blood that was shed for him. Remember, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, he shed his blood for you. Let's partake together, remembering what our Lord and Savior did for us. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for providing the way. Thank you, Father, for Jesus so clearly illustrating it at the Last Supper and following it through and demonstrating it because of your great love towards us. So we thank you, Lord. We have nothing but praise and honor in our hearts for you, the King of Kings, who has redeemed us from the penalty of our sin and has our names written in your book of life. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Theron's passing out a flyer for you. I do this quite a lot, as you well know if you've been in my, my classes. But first of all, well, there's a new audience that came in. I want to address us. This is Freedom Church of Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani, and we're glad you're here. If you're on our website, Freedom Church, PB, stands for palmbeach.org, then we're, we're glad you're, you're there. You can see our list of ministries. You can find out our address. You can... Uh, you can find out what we believe in. Um, you can even donate online should you, should you be led to. So um, we'd, we'd appreciate that. And if you're local, we meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. right here at Freedom Church, 2810 High Paluxo Road in Lantana, Florida. And we have a men's Bible study that is not aired. It's made it's in the back room here. Um, and it's... Um, if you're local, come on by, 2810 High Paluxo Road. You get on I-95, head to High Paluxo Road, which is the north border of Boynton Beach, the south border of Lantana. Go west a quarter mile, and we're on the right-hand side. If you go to Congress Avenue, you've gone too far. So turn around and come back. All right, so um, so men, if you're local, come on by and um, and spend some time with us in, in the Lord. The flyer you just received, you know, is um, the flyer you just received is a study I put together several weeks ago or even months ago, you know, and it's called Our New Identity. It kind of ties in with the study we did five weeks in Ephesians chapter 2. You're going to see some of the things that are repeated, but that's okay. We need to have it driven into us. You know, I used to worry about repeating the same things over as a pastor, you know, repeating the same things over. But God has showed me that you have to keep on driving it in. You just can't just have it said to you once and then that's it. You know, it's keep on, it's review, it's review, it's hearing again, it's keep on reading. It's people that read the Bible. You don't read the Bible once and stop. You continue to read it all of your life. Grab another version and see what, you know, maybe it's put in a simpler term for you. Um, so this is called our new identity. It comes out of Romans chapter 11, okay? Romans chapter 11. 
So, if you would turn there to Romans 11, we're going to read the last three verses of that chapter, which is verse 33 to 36. Our new identity. And we're going to start off with this. Look at first verse. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. In other words, you cannot comprehend everything that God has prepared for, for you. That word knowledge there means the foreknowing. He foreknows all these things. He knows what you're going to do tomorrow. It's called omniscience. He knows all things. He knows all things. But God has revealed them to us by the Spirit, for the Spirit searches the deep things, yea, the, the deeper things of God. That's why you have the Holy Spirit in your presence. He's, he's constantly teaching you new things that you, you maybe don't understand. Maybe with the communion that I just explained, you saw some things you never saw before. You know, he's saying he, the Spirit of God is going to reveal them to you as, as, we, as you study the Word of God. So, at first verse 33, Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge or the foreknowing of God, how unsearchable are His judgments. You can't comprehend it with this, this pea brain that we have up here. Are His judgments and how insatiable His ways. Listen. People, people love this verse, 1 Corinthians 2.9. The eye has not seen, your ear has not heard, nor does, can you comprehend all the great things that God has prepared for those who love Him. You know, we try to explain heaven, but I've known people that have died, gone to heaven, and come back to life, and they could not describe heaven. It was so beautiful that it's beyond their comprehension. So you think the squirrels and the birds are beautiful today. Wait till you get to the kingdom. You know, we, how unsearchable are his ways and his judgments. You know, he's way beyond our comprehension. And we try to do this and blame him for that. And it's not his fault, it's our fault. Because he created a perfect world with perfect plants and perfect soil and perfect fruit. And we messed it all up. Not God. We did it. He had everything perfect for us. It wasn't good enough for man. For who has known, verse 34, the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? From him, that's Jesus, and through him, that's Jesus, and to him, that's Jesus, are all things. To him, that's Jesus, be glory forever, all men. How searchable are his ways. So this study and that list you have there has like 21 or 22 th things of, uh, about your new identity. But there's much more than that. 
So we're going to study some of them here today. And you know, you know a lot of them, but sometimes we need to drive it home a little better. You know, and as I read in 1 Corinthians 2.10, but God has revealed them to us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. You know what? Debbie may get something different than Anya down here when, when God's speaking through a church service or through a message on a radio that you might listen to. God's speaking because, you know, he can speak to, to Debbie and Anya and me and you and the guy in Australia just, just like that. You just can't imagine how he can do it. And that's why how unsearchable are his ways. Because he and foreknows all these things. So the point number one I have there, who we are in Christ. Here's what you are in Christ. These things are in Christ. You have peace with God. We just talked about that as we took of, partook of communion. Listen, you, through him, through Christ, you have peace with God. Do you realize you would be at war with God right now if you didn't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you would be an enemy of God, and you would have war with God right here, even if you sit in this church. That's why a lot of people say, I can't go to church. The roof will cave in. You know what? Nonsense. You go to church, and God will escort you there with two angels by your side, most likely, to get you to church. I've never seen a roof fall in on anybody. I said, who... In Christ, you have peace with God. Romans 5, 1, 2. We studied this, I think, just a couple weeks ago. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We have peace with God. Jesus came to bring peace to, to men on earth. Remember when he was born? God sent the angels saying, Peace to all men of, of goodwill on earth. When he rode into Jerusalem on the white donkey, on the, on the donkey colt, instead of a white stallion, he was bringing peace. A king riding on a donkey tells you it's peace time. If he's riding on a white stallion, he has a sword and a bow maybe, and he is riding in conquest. Jesus came into Jerusalem, and they laid the palm branches before him, saying, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. See, he brought peace to the world. And you know what? Somebody told me this week, there's 1.3 billion Christians in the world. I find that high. But, but, the rest of the world, just because 1.3, that means the other um, 6.5.9, oh, or whatever it is, you know, are at enemy, or they're at war with God. That's not a good number that only, say, one, less than one-third of, of the world is, is not at war with God. We aren't because we've received peace through Christ. In Christ, number two, 
we are in right standing with God. You are in right standing with God. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, and you really meant it not with your head knowledge, but with your heart knowledge, you are in right standing with God. That means He hears you. He listens to you. He gives you, or He may say yes, no, or maybe so, or maybe later. But He, he you know, you're in right standing with Him. Galatians 2.16 Yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law. So just because you go to church every Sunday and you teach Sunday school or you gave a lot of a buku amount of money to the church does not mean that you're in right standing with God. But through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Jesus Christ in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works shall no man be justified. <laughs> you know, that's clear. You're in right standing with God, not because of you being such a great person, but because of the great God that we serve that provided his way, a way for you to get in right standing with God. And that's as simple as just believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And believing, remember, it's a verb, and it demands action. A verb demands action. That means you better be acting it out and living it. In Christ, number three, you have been chosen and adopted. You know, a lot of people maybe that are, are up for adoption today, a lot of children, they probably would love, they probably would love to, to uh, be the, the adopted to the, by the President of the United States. But you've been adopted by Almighty God. You've been adopted by Almighty God, not some rich person. I mean, he's multi-rich, but I mean, he, you know, you, you got your focus too low. You're adopted by God Almighty. You have been chosen by Him. I always use that illustration. I'll say it again. When we were, when I was in grade school, you know, we used to, at, at recess, we used to go out and play baseball. And we would use a rubber ball, and we'd just use our hands, and we had the bases all lined up. And if you hit it over the school fence, it was a home run. But the two guys that always chose for the team were the two best players. Like today, you might have Brady, you know, and some other quarterback, you know, you know picking the team. Well... You got God picking a team and you got Satan picking a team. And God picked you. God picked you. You do not have a self-esteem problem. And I struggle with that myself sometimes. I am adopted by God. I was chosen by God. He said, Joe, I want you on my team. And some of these people out there, maybe even over the internet today, some of you people said no. I got to admit, I said no for a couple months. But finally, God just, you ever, you ever read that poem, Hound of Heaven? Just hounded you and hounded you, wasn't going to let you go until you realized that his son Jesus redeemed you from the pit. You've been chosen. He chose us. This little body of believers right here, he chose you. Not the president. 
not the richest man in the world, but God, the creator of the universe, who, by the way, owns the entire world. See, if you own something, he's, he's just letting you be a steward for a period of time. That's it. In Christ, you are predestined. You know what? And people get messed up over that predestined word all the time, like God predestined you to be saved. No. He already knows if you're going to get saved or not. It's not like you were, he picked you special because you're special and he's not. No. He predestined. What he's saying is, I know the beginning from the end. I'm omniscience. I'm telling you what I already know. It's just that simple. It's not you've been predestined because you're greater. You're, you're a better person than, than uh, you know, President of the United States. No. No. He's just telling you the beginning from the end. The foreknowledge of God, which we studied up in Romans chapter 11, verse 33. How, how the depth of the riches and the wisdom and knowledge, and I look up that word, it means for, foreknowledge. He's telling you what he already knows. It's not like he picked you special because you're better than the person that sits beside you. No. What does, the, what does the most famous verse in the Bible say? For God so loved the what? The world. the world. And he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. He didn't say, well, you know, the other way around, well, I've just picked some people. You're going to have to go through life and figure out who it is. No, he gave you free choice. And you chose to follow him and ask him into your heart. And, to, and he sent his son into your heart and the blood covers you and you've been forgiven from your sin and you are predestined to go to heaven because God has predestined you because he already knows that you will be adopted by him because he already knows your choice. And that's that simple. And these multiples of denominations get so messed up over that when it's so simple. You know what? Well, how's that saying go? Um, the kiss, you turn it in the computer, it's called kiss. Keep it simple, saint. <laughs> Keep it simple. God, it, God's salvation is so simple. You don't have to light a candle. You don't even have to take communion. You just have to believe in your heart. And that's all it takes. But you have to be sincere. You can't be head knowledge on that uh, subject. You have to be heart knowledge. Because the heart is the wellspring of life. I mentioned that earlier. In Christ, you have been predestined. Why? What's another famous verse we could back that up with? How about this one? God's not slow about his promise. He doesn't want any to perish, but all to come to repentance, doesn't he? Not just some, not Max and not me. You know, he wants us all to come to repent. Here, 1 Thessalonians 5.9. God has not appointed you for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5.9. God has not predestined you to wrath. 
but to salvation. He wants the whole world to be saved. And he's not slow about his promise. You ever wonder why some bad men live long lives? You know what God's saying? I gave him an extra 10 years, and hopefully he'll repent. Did God love you so much? It's way beyond our comprehension, and that's what Romans 11, 33 through 34 is saying. It's way beyond our comprehension. Revelation 21, 8 tells us this. But the cowardly and the faithless, the detestable, the murderers, the sexual immorality, sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, the liars, their portion will be in the lake of fire. That's the second death. God doesn't want them. You know the key word in that passage there? Faithless. Faithless. See, these people who are cowardly and murderers and, and sexually immoral and sorcerers, they're faithless. They have no faith. And without faith in Jesus Christ, you are lost. You're lost. We don't want to be faithless. We need to be faithful. Because Romans, that same